Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast. Uh, a little bit of a disappointing weekend, but nevertheless, uh, we're here wrapping it all up and joining me tonight as usual. I have Macca. How you going, Mac? Try again, because I've done the usual. <laughs> Nikki, how you doing? I'm going well. Um, my team had a win today, so yay. Which team was that? Uh, Flinders Uni. Ah, very good. Very good. How does that uh, sit you up for the season? Um, we've played probably the three top teams previously. We've played well, just haven't got a win, but we finally got our first win on the board today and we had six players who were playing in their first season of football ever. Um, so hopefully a nice little roll Very good, very good. Uh, interesting weekend as usual. So why don't we get right into a little bit of uh, the results, shall we? What are you going to do when one day we say no? <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to people saying no to me, Nick. I just don't take any notice. <laughs> you, you, you do it as a question. I'm sitting there going, do yeah. I just say no? Yeah, just, say, just once, just say no and just see how it goes. Okay. All right, you never know. Something might happen. I might, <laughs> I might just say, right, well, thanks, everyone, and we'll see you later. <laughs> Oh, dearie me. All right. As I said, an interesting weekend of footy as usual. Uh, didn't go the Crows way, of course, but uh, we'll get to that shortly. G'day to everyone on Spreaker and g'day to people joining us on uh, Facebook. And also don't forget these days we are also live streaming on YouTube. So everyone who's joining us on those platforms, thank you very much and uh, hopefully you enjoy the show. Right. Now, uh, Friday night... Um, the Eagles getting up over Melbourne. Melbourne uh, gave it to them for a fair amount of the game, but ended up going down by 16 points, Eagles 85 to Melbourne 69. Melbourne just starting to find a little bit of form, don't you reckon? Yeah, I think you're on the money there, uh, Bane, because um, Melbourne had their chances. If you have a look at the number of scoring shots, they actually had 24 scoring shots to 20. Um, and... Uh, they did definitely have their chances. West Coast just that little bit more efficient. Um, and when the crunch really came, I thought West Coast dug in a lot deeper and uh, their back line tightened up. And uh, and they were going to be always really hard to beat over there anyhow. But I thought Melbourne put up a good show, and I think you're right. I think they're on the way back. And West Coast aren't looking as good as they were last year. There's, there's still a quality team, but there's some issues um, going on there, but um, the, it takes them a little while to kick it. Do you reckon they're just as good as what they were this time last year, though? I don't reckon they were travelling that great this time last year, to be honest. No, they, they, were, they, weren't. they weren't. So, you know, I, I'm very firmly of the belief that it's a marathon, not a sprint uh, these days, particularly in the AFL. So um, I think it's all just about getting the Ws, don't you reckon? Definitely, um, considering how close it is. I mean, we were sitting third. We're now further down the ladder. The team that beat us went into third, but but yeah, but now they've been moved out a little bit as well. It's it's so close, and you're relying on percentage. Yeah, and 
thankfully, uh, we're going pretty well in that uh, regard. All right, Saturday, we had Collingwood against a spirited St Kilda. Uh, Collingwood pulling away in the end and winning by 41, but the Saints were in it for a while. Uh, Collingwood won one two to St Kilda 71. Two games in a row now that Collingwood, uh, they played Carlton, who have been have a, having a shamozzle of a game today, <laughs> and we'll go and get into that later, but... Um, and then St Kilda, who haven't been in the greatest of form of late, um, and it was a, it was a very very tight game until the last dying stages, where in you know in the last quarter Collingwood showed their class and pulled away. But um, yeah, Collingwood, look, they are there's no doubt about it. They're one of the uh, flag favourites, so they'll be amongst the two or three that are. But they're just not travelling all that well at the moment. Grundy, fantastic, isn't he? And uh, still not signed, Macca, still not signed. Well, did you see the bit on television, which I think was very, very interesting, oh. where they had interviewed the man himself. Yeah. And he said that no intention of signing him. He said he's got, a, he's got 18 months to think about that. And uh, also, independently, then I said that uh, he would at some stage like to come home uh, to Adelaide. And because he said he's 26, he's got to think about his future with about a wife and a child and all that sort of stuff. And, You'd like to do that in Adelaide, so Adelaide, I'm sure you're in there, and make sure you get him. Well, as I said to you um, a while back, Macca, and I, I uh, got this information from a very reliable source who may or may not co-host on the Rev Up show, <laughs> 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 who uh, is the same age as Brody, and uh, I'll leave it at that. Uh, he. Uh, he seems to think it might be on anyway. Sorry, Cam, if I just dropped you in it. But <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, we had the Cats getting up over the Bulldogs. Uh, again, the Cats not having it all their own way until uh, towards the end and ended, ended up winning 133 to 89 by 44 points over the Bulldogs. Yeah, a pretty spirited game, really. Um, and the Bulldogs, you know, they sort of hung in the game, hung in the game, three or four goals behind. And then finally, Geelong, it was as if they said, well, we've had enough of this, and then they pulled away and uh, finished them off. But um, the Bulldogs aren't going to be easy to beat. There's no doubt about that. They're, they aren't the classier side, but they, they are a side that, that tends to try very hard. Nick, anything? <laughs> no, 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 with you guys. Oh, whatever. All right, uh, the Bombers getting up over Fremantle in a low-scoring game by seven points in the end. The Bombers 62 Fremantle 53. 53 uh, Fremantle just getting coming off the boil a little bit. Yeah, I didn't get to see any of the the, the two Sunday night games because I was more interested in the politics. Um, I think you know, that match was a much more interesting one. And, uh, uh, well, as far as I was concerned, the right result as well. Um, that's Everybody's got their own thoughts on that. Uh, but um, I think but what we've seen here in the fact that these games are relatively close one is that um, both these sides are reasonable sides, but they're not going to be in the grand final, in my opinion. I didn't see either of them. Yeah, no, the Bombers are still just going. Um, Fremantle coming off the ball. I, I mean, Fremantle seemed to regress to, get to that really dogged defensive style. They looked so much better when they were playing attacking footy. I don't know what goes on at that club, honestly. But anyway, uh, and today... 
and today, uh, after Gold Coast Suns gave us all some hope early, uh, they ended up going down pretty comfortably uh, to Port by 38 points, Port 89 to Gold Coast 51. Just yeah. all that travelling got to them for the last quarter. Oh, no, they were gone in the third quarter, Nicky. Yeah. Um, in fact, um, uh, they didn't go, even enter their forward 50, I think, for about nearly a quarter and a half at one stage. Um, they, their first half, they were fantastic. And uh, I was hoping, like probably most Crow supporters were, that we would uh, see G, uh, Gold Coast get up and beat Port Adelaide. But uh, no, look, Boak in particular, is who's having an outstanding season, and it really does show what a poor coach Ken Hinckley is and Voss, the midfield coach, uh, what idiots they were, parking this bloke on a half-forward flank. For oh, season. yeah. And, I mean, they put uh, Montgomery's come there immediately in charge of the midfield and he, he's brought Boak back in the midfield. And uh, I think Boak's in the top three or four for possessions at the moment. And uh, nobody tries hard on this bloke. I've got a lot of admiration for him. Could win a brown load, Mac. Yeah, and I wouldn't be... Uh, I'd be quite happy to see that because I've got a great respect for him as an individual, as a man as well. So... Um, if he was to win it, uh, I'd be very, I'd be very happy about that. Yeah. Um, all right. Does, does he actually really do a lot of damage with his? He's getting all those possessions, but he doesn't do a lot of damage as much as he should be with the number of possessions he's. Easy to say that, Nicky, because get. But what he gets is a lot of the hard balls other players can't get, and when you get those, you're not in a position um, to uh, give him. Sweet little clearances to everybody. Uh, but if he's out in the open, he's as damaging as anybody else. Now, I'm just going to give a warning out to those on Spreaker in the chat. Uh, any political arguments are going to be banned tonight. <laughs> so, save your political arguments for Peter on Tuesday night. <laughs> Macca started it. <laughs> uh, I only made an opinion on the result, not about what happened in between. No. Anyway, uh, Richmond getting up over Hawthorne. Uh, Hawthorne, I don't know what to make of them. Uh, Richmond 95 to Hawthorne 59, so a comfortable six-goal margin in the end there. I don't, I, don't, I don't think Hawthorne know what to make of Hawthorne. <laughs> Probably <laughs> a fair call. Say, um, they're not really much chop, and I think Clarkson not saying it, but he is secretly doing a bit of rebuilding there at the moment. Um and I don't think this is – I don't think Clarkson in his own mind thinks at, at all that there are a chance of winning a flag this season or taking a, a place even perhaps in the, the finals to any great degree. But I think he's secretly trying to – the very fact he put Jared Ruffhead back and, uh, and brought the other lad uh, who actually unfortunately got injured in the first quarter um, in that pull forward. And there's, a couple, there's two or three other young, young blokes he's just gradually easing to the side. So I think they – they're actually in a bit of a rebuilding stage, Hawthorne. Richmond, on the other hand, with all the players they've got out injured, I think they were astonishingly good. Yeah, they're not going to. I, I put them in the West Coast category, Mac. Um, just bowling along and, and uh, you know, getting the Ws on the board and not really setting the world on fire. And as you say, a couple out. And uh, I think they'll be around the mark again this year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah it's because of the, the system that they have. So it's not reliant on particular players in itself. It's reliant on type of players. 
to play in a certain way and they all kind of play that same way and that's who they've picked. Yeah, and for, yeah although Martin, I thought, played, um, he, I think he wound the clock back about two or three years to when he won the Brownlow medal. I thought he was outstanding today. Yeah, he played really well um, back back to his old... I, I think he's been freed up a little bit. Um, and you've got to remember too that uh, not only is he getting a bit older, but... Uh, they go late into the season. I think he just works his way into the season. He only cares about September now, I would have thought. Probably right. Yeah. And the late game this afternoon, um, Carlton continuing to do the right thing by us and uh, entrenching themselves bottom of the ladder, which is uh, great news. Uh, the Giants absolutely belting them 138-45 to by 93 points. I didn't watch the game, but... Uh, I can't imagine too many other people did either. <laughs> no. Well, I, I watched the first quarter and saw that um, GWS actually got more goals in their first quarter than they did for the entire game last week. So I watched a bit of the second quarter and went, I'm going to switch over and rewatch some Justified. Yeah, I, I saw it was, it was that boring. Yeah, I saw a little bits and pieces of it at the end, but uh, you're right, Nicky, it was very, very boring because it was, a, you know, it's only one sided game. Um, Lockie Whipfield, 190 Dream Team points. I know. You were, you, you, he's your boy, Macker, isn't he? And uh, you called it last yep. week that they were just lacking a bit without him. And, uh, God, didn't he come back with a bang? Yep. He, he, well, uh, when he was uh, first, uh, remember he was in some trouble for, well, was it drugs or whatever it was he was in trouble for and he was stood down for yeah. a while? Yeah. He missed, he skipped a drug test, remember, and they hit him. Gubby, Al, Gubby well, Allen hit him. Yeah, yeah. I, I was very keen on it. I was, I was hoping that um, that they would want to ship him out and Adelaide would have a crack at him because you could tell this bloke was going to develop into something really special because he just has that little, that speed, that agility that most players don't have and he, he just and his delivery is excellent as well. So he's a very, very classy player. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, look, that leaves us uh, with an interesting ladder as I just find it. <laughs> too busy. Uh, just a reminder too for those uh, on Twitter uh, who follow us on Twitter and also for those following the cast on YouTube there's a poll that I'm running uh, just a very simple one uh, about next week whether we think that uh, Elliot stays in or whether JJ comes in after his five goal performance uh, in the twos and uh, us three will talk about that when we get to our game but uh, if you're on Twitter uh, go and Vote in the poll, and uh, same if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, the latter, so uh, the Giants are the big winners of the weekend, jumping up to third. So we've got the Cats uh, still out in front on 32 points. Collingwood alone in second on 28, and then we've got a bit of a log jam. Uh, the Giants, uh, Brisbane staying in fourth position, uh, Richmond in fifth, and the West Coast Eagles in sixth. Um, all of Brisbane, Richmond, and West Coast got... Only average uh, percentage, though. So compared to us on 20 points with 115%, uh, we're still in good nick. Uh, Port also on 20 points. And then out of the eight, we've got Fremantle, Essendon, Hawthorne, Western Bulldogs and St Kilda. Uh, the Swannies... Uh, did I even cover their game? I don't think I did. Swans beat no, North Melbourne, know. by the way. Yeah, we missed that. Oh, they, never mind. They actually won. Nobody cares. Swans won. Uh, they're on 12 points. Right. Nobody cares. <laughs> 
Uh, Melbourne also on 12 points with the Suns, starting to tail off a little bit. North on 8 points, uh, and they can win a couple more because we've got to keep Carlton down the bottom on 4 points, and their percentage now is absolute shit to Carlton. Uh, their percentage was uh, a bit of a worry from our point of view, but uh, they're now 76%, so they're pretty much uh, bottom of the heap in terms of points yeah, and percentage. The only worry we've got there, Fiend, is uh, do you think that the uh, Carlton board are going to keep tolerating having the little stumpy guy there as the coach uh, while this is all happening? Well, yeah, I was going to say that, Mac. I, I reckon he's now under the pump. I really do. Um, you know... If they, if they get more smashings, then I, mean, I think, yes. With I, them being competitive, was saving his ass. But their performance today... No. Yeah. Yeah, no, look... And I'm, he yelled... He yelled at him at quarter I know, time. He, he did, didn't he? You know, I he gave it to that. him. Now, well, he needed to as well. A, uh, yeah, he, they did have a little bit of a lift and they turned it into a bit more of a scrap. But GWS is still so good at being able to score easily. Yeah, now look, they, um, they should be further along than they are, let's be honest. They should be further along. And I don't think... Whether it's, a, whether it's a product of his coaching or whether it's just that they just haven't picked well with personnel. But to me, they don't look terrible on paper. Do you think so? No, they are playing way below what they look, look like on paper. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, that. I'd agree with that, Mac. So I don't know. I, you know, maybe he's taken them. Well, he hasn't really taken them anywhere, but maybe he's just not a good bloody coach. I don't know. I mean, there were the raps and men were great from a people point of view, um, but yeah, oh, I don't know. They're going to have to do something, and you know, who 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 would come into that uh, job, uh, Mac, at short notice? Well, that's that is. There's, the, there's, there's somebody already sitting in that box. Who's that, Nikki? Silvani, you reckon? David, David Teague. Oh yeah, that's yeah, why, that's a good that's call. Why he, that's why he went back. Yeah, good call. He has head he has head coach aspirations. He played at Carlton. He's had his apprenticeship outside. He's now gone back. He could see the writing on the wall. He got McGovern in there. He'll get the job. Yeah. I've said I've always said you're right a couple of times every Sunday night. <laughs> every now and again, just like just when we're ready to cut her and say, "Look, thanks for your service, Nick," but you know, you pull so, that one like that. That was yeah, a pretty good one, Nick. Yeah, and we just have to reassess. <laughs> I think you guys need to look in the mirror. Oh, there you go. Just, just double down on it. Well done, Nick. <laughs> Anyway, so look, an interesting round uh, once again, and I think it might be time to talk about us. What do you reckon? Yep. Sure. Well, I've this this result has divided Crow supporters, in my opinion, because I've seen two clear um, trains of thought on this game. Um, and it'll be. I'll be very interested to see what your take is on it, you two. Um, in the end, we go down by a point after kicking the last three goals of the game. Uh, Brisbane 93, Adelaide 92. Um, my impression of the game was that we did pretty well for a team that is a bit tired, uh, and it was a pretty gutsy performance in the end. Um. Yeah. 
Yeah, we, agree with that. You agree with that? Yeah, I, I, yeah I was, to me and I were talking about that. I, well, you know, if you're really tired, you, how can you produce a burst like that at the end when, when, it's, when the chips are really down? As far as I'm concerned, to me, the real problem to us, and I mean, we may have been a little bit flat, thing, that, that may, be, may have been the case, but in the middle of the ground, not so much when Martin was there, but when the other ruckman was there, he had that so much reach over Riley O'Brien that he was directing the ball very well to their midfield. And Lockie Neal and Zorko, McLuggage, etc. Um, I thought they had a bit of a feast out from him. And, uh, and I really think that's the difference. When you only lose by a point, there's always got to be a point of difference in between the two sides. And I think that was the point of difference. Not quite, Macca. You're right at being the midfield, but not so much being the ruckman. And Macca turned down your mic a bit. It was the way that they would actually set up. Now, we've got that lovely little circle. And you watch any other game, every midfield goes and stands pretty much on that circle or a little bit away. Brisbane were at least one to two metres away from the circle. that's true. And they did that deliberately because they knew we were going to tag. We were going to use our big body midfielders to tag. They're not quick. I don't think we tagged though, Nick. Oh well, no, we had Ellis Yeoman on um, Lockie Neal, but he couldn't go with him. It was a, that was the wrong. And, and so, yeah, and so what would happen was, and it was Neil who was getting it. So yes, he was getting the reach and he was getting that tap, but Neil was immediately on the burst, running into that space, and because it was so spread out, we couldn't congest it in. We couldn't stop them getting that clean takeaway. It was very good coaching from Brisbane to counter what has been our strength for the past couple of weeks, which is that contested bowl. Was it good Don't coaching? Us... I, oh. I actually think it was. I think it was not so much poor coaching on our behalf because we didn't have the players that could counter it because you can't um, you can't pull Ellis Yolman in the middle because he was getting that reach, as you said, Macca, and was giving a good chance to direct it. Um but it was so noticeable in those ones, which is why I think we actually saw, and it's something I did actually like from the game, we saw Chase Jones in the midfield. Yeah, and when he actually ran with Neil. Jones actually ran with Neil for a while in the second half and did all right, I, I think. Yeah. And I actually thought Ellis Yolman had a really good first quarter around the ground. I, mm-hmm. I thought he did really well at stoppages. Uh, and I don't... if. I don't think he's the he's the right choice to um, to tag Neil, and it makes you wonder if they were going to actually put a hard tag on Neil. Why did they drop Riley Knight? Because Riley Knight would have been, even though Knight's not been in good form, and I was quite okay with him being dropped. If they were going to go with a hard tag on Neil, then I don't. I think Knight would have been our best option. Hundred percent agree with you. I think um, I was. We were talking about the you know the, uh, Riley Knight's not doing enough. Uh, but this this wasn't the week to drop him, in my opinion, um, because he was the man to go with Lockie Neal because he has got tremendous stamina and he got obviously more pace than CY, uh, who did have a good game in his own right, but uh, unfortunately uh, Lockie Neal was the match winner. Um, so I'm not convinced uh, he had the job on Neal. I'm not convinced he had the no, job. I don't... Really? He did. He did have the job, but it wasn't a hard. It wasn't day. a job. It was just a, you're playing in the same position. Well, a bit more than that, but um, nah, I think it's I somewhere between. But 
Look, somebody had to tag Neil. Well, no, I don't. I don't know whether we needed to tag Neil. I just think uh, Cam and I were talking on the pre-game show. I just wanted us to actually do what we used to do to Robert Harvey, and that's to minimise the damage that he caused with his. Because even when he gets tagged, he still gets thirty touches. He got tagged the other week, and still picked up twenty-eight touches. He's going to get the ball. He's just that kind of player. So I reckon it's not about stopping him getting the ball. I think it's about what you allow him to do with the ball. And unfortunately... Yeah, and that was that midfield. Yeah, our midfield setup again, it was a bit like the Geelong game. Um, And again, unfortunately, I haven't had time to cut any footage, but we we just allow them to get attacks out of us too often in in the midfield contests and and half You'd the be right about that. even at stoppage you know half the time there was just a, a nice little opening gap that their defensive midfielder at stoppage uh was just basically uh, getting out of the way um and that seemed to be his role to actually cut a path for the likes of Neil and Co to to come through and that's what was happening i actually thought our midfield setup um, was average, and I, I thought our midfield in general looked a little tired and a little slow. Um, not only slow by leg, but also um, just not thinking quickly. Yeah, well, there's a lot of truth in that. But um, I, I think maker. also, do, do you think that we we uh, move the ball too slowly compared to? And I know we've been playing it in this uh, much much tighter game in from our defence, etc. The interesting thing is I thought when we when we, things got desperate we did what teams do. You take the risks and you and you go more down the centre. And when we did that, that's when things started to light up for us in the last quarter. I feel like um we were very, very conscious of getting hurt on the outside, almost too conscious, Mac. And yeah. that's what um makes me think that uh the coaching staff Knew the condition of the squad and uh, maybe just wanted to make it a tight, enclosed game where we were able to push up and, you know, congest the ground and, and uh, compress the ground. Um, and that's we, clearly we, what we were we, trying we, to do. Yeah. yeah, and we did that actually quite well in patches during the yeah, game. Yeah, we did. But you're right, we looked tired. So it wasn't just our midfield, it was all over the ground. Yeah. When you say we, would, we looked tired, I mean, we've played the same game in number of games as them. Why would we be tired? Well, because we've had two pretty tough games and then we have to fly to Brisbane, Mac. And six-day breaks. And we've also had six-day breaks. We've had so many six-day breaks, more than I think any other team, Macca. Yeah, that, that means could, you that actually could... can't, which means you can't recover properly after a game. And when you've got and to fly to Brisbane. And have got six-day break coming into this game against West Coast. Yeah, and when you, when you fly to Brisbane, that cuts a day out of your recovery time. You're actually sitting yeah. on a plane and you can't do your recovery because it's a three-hour trip, which is a five-hour you know, ordeal once you negotiate airports and whatnot. So that, that's pretty much a day out of your recovery. On the back of two six-day breaks, uh, one of them being a showdown, which was a pretty high-intensity game. And let's not forget the Frio game the week before was pretty high-intensity oh. as well. Yeah. So... I, I mean, I, I honestly, and I'm not, you know, blowing my own trumpet here, but I, I, I honestly thought we were going to be tired, and I think we played the right type of game. Um, to me, apart from not capitalising on a few opportunities, a couple of missed shots at goal and a couple of dropped marks, I, I really think the key was the five or ten minutes that we were a tall down, or basically two tools down, because Keithy was pretty cooked as well. And bloody... Um, Hitwood got off the chain. 
He did. And it was it was that ten minute period where they seemed to get some momentum. They I, they hit the scoreboard a couple of times, um, and I don't I think because of the stage of the game that it was, I think once they were able to rest a bit of momentum, um, you know, it was always going to be difficult. We had to outscore them by two goals in the last to win, um, and I think it was actually that third we quarter. We nearly did it, but it was that third quarter. Um, that period in the third quarter that just tipped the scales a little bit. I, I felt it was a fascinating game, and I wasn't disappointed overall, apart from some individual, you know, uh, things. Um, I wasn't disappointed at all with our effort. I thought we we did as well as we could have expected in terms of guts and courage and commitment and staying in the contest and all that sort of stuff. And, and the fact that we managed to wrestle it back. And and get those goals on, and we had more chances, and they also had uh, more chances. But just on that that hip would getting free um, point, Fane. Yeah, it was really interesting about how much that forward line of theirs moves mm. to get the wrong the mismatch, mm. and yep. they worked very hard to get mismatches. Well, we had Talia on bloody Cameron at one stage in the third oh, quarter. Yep, I was going to raise that particular point. Oh. And uh, no, but that's that's. Not really so much on on our defence. It's more to do with how good Brisbane actually worked to do. Hey, hey Macca. Yeah. Macca, your um, yeah. microphone's too close to your headset. It's just echoing well, back. Unfortunately, it's built into the bloody headset. Oh, okay. It's, it might just need to turn down your headphones a little bit. Um, look, yeah, um, you're right, Nick. The... Um, when when we went down with Hardigan, uh, it really exposed us in terms of being able to get the right. Our, our, our entire structure fell down, um, and it didn't. We didn't really seem to get organised again for the rest of the game. Even even when we started coming back in the last five minutes or so, it, it felt like from from the moment that collision occurred, we were completely disorganised. Um, our, our structures were all over the spot. There were mismatches everywhere. They were getting loose men everywhere. And it didn't seem as if we could get back into our style of game. And we were very reactive from that point on. Sorry, I was just adjusting my headphones. That's all right. Um, I, I think a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Um, uh, to me, what ultimately this game came down to is that we didn't have their skills, we didn't have that structure, but the fight and the determination we showed, that's what I was kind of pleased with. I'm still annoyed at the result, and I think this is definitely one that has gotten away, but I think, as you said, Fiend, there, there are some there are some reasons why it happened. We're not happy with those reasons, but they're understandable reasons. And one thing we haven't mentioned, of course, is Charlie Cameron. Um, that that lightning speed that Charlie's got, and the, uh, the, the th- I think it was three goals that Charlie kicked it, and you know goals were at a bit of a premium. And uh, yeah, Charlie Cameron, you'd love to have him back at Adelaide, but uh, uh, he, I, I thought he was another point of difference. Now, Paul Hanslip on the Facebook chat raises a very good point. Um, Mac, I'd really love it if you could turn that down. Um, I have. Yeah, it's just feeding through into your microphone. Um, The point that Eddie Betts kicked, uh, the one that was touched on the line, 
Um, now, obviously, goals are reviewed. Uh, can anyone tell me, are all scores reviewed? What's the, yes. what's the criteria? Well, they wouldn't review every point, would they? Not point, but every goal. No, every goal is reviewed, but not every... Well, that wasn't a goal, it was a point. No, Eddie's was a goal. No, the second one that was touched through. The second yeah, one that, that one was touched through. Reviewed. Yeah. They don't review the points. Well, was do you, why wouldn't they have reviewed that? Because it was pretty close. Because the umpire decided that um, he was going on his call. It's up to the umpire to call. Yeah, I, I know it's. I know it's up to instance. the. I know it's up to the umpire to call the review, but it was probably only like half a meter difference to the previous one where they did call a review, where it ended and up being his a call goal. Was wrong. Well, yeah, I know, that, and that's. But that's what I'm saying. Why didn't they yeah. review that one? Good point. Because they're stupid. Well, no, but I mean that. Could have been game costing in the end. It's not just yeah, something to brush yeah. off. They should have, they should have actually reviewed it. We reviewed that one because it was so close to the line. Did you think it was a goal thing? Uh, look, because of the camera angle, I think from memory the camera angle was sort of that sort of uh, wider angle, but it looked it looked close enough to warrant it. The only thing that tipped I me against the only thing that tipped me against having uh, it being a goal was that Eddie didn't react. Like, when he, Eddie kicked that other one that ended up being a goal, he knew it was a goal, Eddie. But this one, yeah, I've just when he kicked it... He, he, he was actually on the right angle yeah. to see whether it was over the line or not, and he mm. knew that was a goal. Yeah. He knew that that was clearly over, but you're right, he didn't react on the other he one. He didn't really so react to the other one, so... Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want you to clear up for me, because I'm, I'm very confused this evening. <laughs> so, we kick a goal... At the death, Bef- between the goal being kicked and the ball going back to the centre, the siren goes. Tell me, yes. how how yes. is that possible? <laughs> uh, theoretically, it it's not. It shouldn't be possible. It can't be possible. Because once the ball's over the line, clock is supposed to stop. Yeah, that's right. So... What the hell? That surely a field umpire should know that. Surely a field umpire should be in touch with the timekeeper. Going, hang on, you got to wind it back two seconds. Not, not that that would have helped us though. Because, um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Right. It doesn't matter, yeah, Mac. Right. I would have liked a free paid against Zorko for faking a cramp. Nah. Well, but trying to time waste. The the thing of it is, but he didn't really. But the thing of it is. That yep, because he, but you still lost some seconds there. No, by the time of him just saying no, move it on. Only he's still he's still got that time to kick the ball anyway, Nick. But yes. the other thing is there were six goals kicked in that last quarter, and yet it was the shortest quarter of the game. How that's can that? How can that yeah, be? Yeah, that's also kind of interesting. I, I don't understand. It's one thing that I've I've noticed consistently with with footy in particular at the AFL is that it's very haphazard when they call time off and when they call time on. And what I've noticed is that when it gets to an end of the quarter, the, the umpire seems to be more prone to call time off to stop the clock. Yep. But for yep. a same incident that happens in the first ten minutes of the quarter, it won't the time off won't be called. And time yep. keep, time keeping is so haphazard in our game, and uh, 
considering the amount of siren gates we've had and the the ability for games to be very close at the death, I think it's something that needs to be scrutinised. Honestly, it needs to be looked at. It's a very good point because um, if you take, for example, they give a free kick and the ball has gone loose about fifteen metres away. Um, now, as you as you quite correctly said, if that's in the last few minutes of the game, they blow their whistle and call time off. Um, uh, but if that happens at the early part of the quarter, that there could be 20, 30 seconds lost while that ball yeah. is retrieved and given back to the person. Exactly right, Mac. But it just doesn't, it, does, it seems arbitrary to me. It, it is. Unfortunately, it is arbitrary. It is up to when the field umpire deems to call time on and time off on the field. And where you can get some changes are depending on how many ball ups you have. And a lot of the times, you're right, Phoenix, they don't call the time off. Um, towards the start of the quarter when they should be if mm. they're doing it at the end of the quarter. Mm. Um, and the other thing, it was actually pointed out quite rightly in the chat, there's also television directives of we need it to finish at this time. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. Timekeeping has been one of those bugbears of mine for a long time because of the random nature of it. And it was just another... The fact that... Not a commentator, not a sports show, not a, anyone has raised this. Just shows you how blasé everyone is about it. But technically speaking, there should have been two seconds left to play. And when you think about it, two seconds is enough to get a, a tap, a kick and a mark. You know, it might only happen really one, in, one in a thousand times. Free kick and a fifteen-meter penalty. Yeah, it might only happen one in a thousand times, but that's the like you played a time, and to me, it, I just don't understand why that siren siren went, and I also don't understand why no one really gave a rats about it. <laughs> well, they didn't quite. It, well. it, it was kind of interesting though, because I know there was one of the frees that was given to Brisbane, and you actually had Lynch in the in the commentary box going. Well, that shouldn't have been paid. That's really soft. Oh, that one on Brownie. Anyway. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's let's uh, let's stop waffling on. I've had my little bit to say on that now. <laughs> yeah, I'm still confused, but that's all right. Uh, all right, let's look at some head-to-head stats, shall we? And uh, it's pretty close disposal-wise, 355, 353. The kick to handballs were the same. Both teams looking to kick it, um, uh, particularly Adelaide, looking to kick the ball. Um, we outmarked them significantly. A lot of those were uncontested marks, um, 91 to 66. So continuing that trend and that move away from moving the ball by hand, we really are trying to chip and and, and uh, find space and, and spread defences, uh, but we're doing it a little bit almost too slowly, as you mentioned, Mac. Uh, the disappointing one was tackles, and I think that's an indicator of our, our current fitness uh tackles 81 to 57 it it didn't look as if there was that much disparity on it i didn't get the impression that they were out muscling us i i felt like we were we were just as physical as they were but that's you know 24 differential is quite a quite a substantial difference well in that in that period that uh period where they got on top for a little while and got three or four goals I would say during that period that they certainly out tackled us in that period. We they actually harassed us to death in that period. Yeah, which is one of the reasons why they got on top. And uh, I wouldn't mind betting that quite a few of the tackles were accumulated in that period. 
You're talking about the first half of the third quarter, Mac? Yep. Well, keep talking, Nick, and I'll find out. <laughs> um, and also I, in the first half of the last quarter as well. They were, but it was, to me, it was a sign of the maturity that we've now got in this squad that, yes, they did, they got that chance, and, but we arrested that run. We turned it back our way. Mm. And and that is something that you need to be able to do, particularly if we if we want to play finals and we want to be successful in in. Yep. Um, Can you turn me up a little bit there? Apparently, I'm coming through quite, and I've turned it down at my end. What do you want me to do? Turn it, turn my volume up a bit. Turn your volume up a bit. Bloody, yeah, but then you're going to get our feedback. <laughs> That's <laughs> the problem. <laughs> I'm I'm juggling at the moment, Vardy, but uh, I'll see what I can do to balance out. Um, Mac, maybe when you're not speaking, can you just yeah. maybe cover the microphone with your hand or something? It's on my bloody ear somewhere. Oh, the microphone? Yeah, it's on, on the earpiece somewhere. Okay, I reckon that's why it feeds back, because it's near the, near the headset. Anyway, um, yeah... Uh, where was I? All right. You were going to try and find some, something? Yeah, no, I couldn't find it. <laughs> so we'll just keep going with the stats. Uh, hitouts, 48 to 41. I thought O'Brien did well, particularly early. Um, I thought he did really well. And I don't think Stephen Martin had a huge impact on the game. But you, you pointed out to me pre-cast, Macker, and it was a very good point. Uh, it was the other bloke um, yep. that... Uh, did quite well. Uh, Oscar McInerney got 25 hit-outs. Um, not bad for a, a second-string ruckman. Yeah, and he had that height advantage over O'Brien and, and a long arm, and he was actually getting his hand on the ball and directing it. Mm. Is, uh, and then, as Nicky said, the, they had one on the outside, which uh, they'd just get it and flick it out, and away it would go. So yeah, that's what most that- of the damage was done when he was rucking. The, the, their midfielders were constantly on the move and they were hitting the spot at pace. Yeah. Um, Not only and, hitting the spot, that, Nick, but they were also creating the right spots. Yes. Their, their, their midfield setup is very dynamic and very it's very aggressive. Which to me is what puts this game in context is I'm looking at what they were doing and how their setup was and... They're not easy. They're not the bunnies they used to be. And so I kind of take quite a bit of good things out of this game because. Yeah, um, their midfielders also spent a heck of a lot of time on the ground. Um, McCluggage, 87. Uh, who else have we got? Uh, Zorko, 87. Um, uh, who was the other lad? Lockie Neal, 88. I mean, they're big numbers for midfield. Uh, our midfield yeah. is essentially in the low 80s uh, to high 70s. But they... Because, they, again, when Cam and I were talking about this game and the rev up, one of the things that we pointed out was whilst their first rotation was really strong, uh, the second rotation, uh, not so much. But when you're running your best three midfielders for, you know, almost 90% of the game... Uh, that kind of offsets that, and they're obviously fit enough to do it. Uh, I mean, that's a good effort by those three blokes um, to run out the game that hard. Yeah, because they played uh, they played well right to the finish. So you're quite right that they're obviously very, very fit, uh, very, very fit team. Yeah, 
and then they've got Lyons, who is no slouch, who who pinch hits in there, uh, you know, uh, also playing nearly 85% of game time. So, you know, I mean, I guess the risk is that you run those blokes into the ground, but uh, by the same token, they they certainly uh, were... A, I felt like they were a far more dynamic combination than our... We looked a little bit one pace, and I'll talk to you about a couple of players when we get to the individuals. Anyway, let's push on. Uh, clearances in the end, 41 to 39, uh, although uh, there was a bit of a disparity for much of the game. We ended up winning stoppage clearances, 29-27, but uh, they beat us at the centre, and I reckon the numbers flattered us a little bit, 14 to 10 against for us. Um, and I reckon we might have just snaffled a few at the end there, but uh, uh, they certainly towed us up in the middle. Uh, rebound 50s were pretty even. Uh, inside 50s also pretty even. Um, Clangers 60 to 49, and I reckon uh, Brisbane could have won by a little bit more if that had been a little bit cleaner. Their disposal efficiency um, ended up being 73 to 72, but at times, and particularly early on, their disposal efficiency was down in 50. So um, they did turn it over a bit, uh, 59, but uh, we actually turned it over a lot more, 74, so go figure. Um, that's really the tail of the tape. Everything else was pretty right. Um, there's not a lot of stats that really jump out. It was really only that tackle stat that might have been a hint to our to our levels of fitness and the marking stat that was a hint to the way we were trying to play, uh, considering contested marks was pretty even. Uh, contested yeah. possessions, pretty even. Uncontested possessions, pretty even. Like, it was a pretty even game, stats-wise. That, that tackle count actually supports and there was one point in it. about being a little bit tired thing because... Uh, you know, we've been very good. We were, was it last week? We were 94? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, and it's I do think, drop. yeah, it is. And I do think that the clearance numbers actually flatter us. I think that we might have got a few late because uh, I remember watching the watching the broadcast um, and at stages we were down a fair bit in clearances. And I think Granbull in general, uh, uh, we were a bit down. Anyway, look. Let's go through some individuals, and I want to talk about this bloke first up, uh, Brad Crouch. Uh, 18 kicks, 14 handballs for 32. He had six marks, seven tackles, uh, eight um, clearances, four inside 50s, four rebound 50s, uh, 13 contested touches. Uh, disposal efficiency, though, 60% or 59.4. Uh, six center, uh, stoppage clearances, uh, three score involvements. Turn it over nine times, though. I'm starting to worry that Brad Crouch is going to be an accumulator that doesn't hurt anyone with his disposal. Yeah, you could also argue if you turn it over nine times, he had 32 positions, there's 23 times he didn't. So um, uh, I, th- I think he earns a hell of a lot of hard ball feed. And, uh, Not saying and he, he doesn't get it. Not saying he doesn't get it. But no, Lockie- And he's also, when he hasn't got it, he's prepared to put in the effort as well. So... Yeah, but Lockie um, Neal got it 33 times and went at 85% disposal efficiency. Yeah, and there's a very good reason for that is because he's the handball king. He had 11 and 28, uh, and uh, he, he, it's a lot easier to put a handball on a chest than it is a kick. Yeah, but Mac, I'm, my impression with Crouchy is that he's not hurting anyone. His kicks don't go anywhere. His his handballs often go to a bloke under pressure. And it, that it wasn't so much in this game. In previous games, no. I would agree with you completely. 
But in this game, we actually saw he was kicking it a lot more. He was doing those longer kicks. I actually thought he was a lot freer in terms of that midfield setup than normally is when Matt is there. He's They tend to stick too close to each other, the pair of them. Matt wasn't there, so he actually had to play the game as he should be playing it. And there were a lot of our movements and a nice fast ball movement we were doing down the wing was a result of Brad actually doing it and putting the ball into, um, if not a pass, at least a positive position um, for us. Yeah, I agree with you, Nicky. I, I, I thought he, he – you might be right at the end. He may burn it occasionally, uh, Fiend, but I I'm not saying that he burns – I'm not saying that necessarily that he burns it, Mac. What I'm saying is that he's not damaging. He doesn't hurt. Um, he's a, he's our premier midfielder. You know, you could argue that it's Sloan. Sloan's definitely a workhorse, but Brad Crouch is supposed to be the cream. And if Brad Crouch is not the cream, then we don't have any cream in our midfield. And oh, I guess that's oh, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Mr. C in the footy, and I think the comeback's been outstanding. And um, uh, look, yeah, not not a perfect game, but. From my point of view, and you may well be right that he, that he may not have heard as much as he could have. But having said that, I still thought that if everybody put in the same effort as Brad, not questioning um, his effort, Macca, not questioning no, his no. effort, not questioning his ability to get the ball, not questioning his intensity. I'm just saying that he is not cream. He is not. Uh, a silky smooth midfielder and we don't have one we don't have a midfielder with pace that can break free and hit someone on the boob at the moment well nobody's going to argue about that we don't have that well and that's what Brad Crouch is supposed to be that's what he's in the side for we don't need another inside ball we need an out we need an in-out player that can break free and create and Brad doesn't create he's a distributor but he often sells blokes into trouble. He often kicks the ball softly and, and floats it up. And uh, I remember before he started getting injured, one of the things that was good about him was his ability to pinpoint passes. He doesn't seem to be able to do that so much anymore. And uh, look, I, this is, I'm being hard on him only because he's supposed to be our number one midfielder. And I just don't see it at the moment. I'm not seeing it. Well, that totally applies not just to him, but it applies to all our midfielders. No, 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 but no, 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 it doesn't because he's he's the number one. He's the guy. Well, you could argue that Matt is and Sloan is as well. So, well, um, we, yeah, no, but Sloan is never going to be that silky midfielder. That's not the style of game that he that he plays. Brad Crouch, if if not Brad Crouch, and if not Bryce Gibbs, who's the other bloke that's supposed to be that silky smooth Rolls Royce? Then we don't have Chase one. Jones. It will be down the track. No, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not seeing it with Chase. I'm I'm seeing another bull like Sloney with Chase, which I love. Don't get me wrong. I love what I see of Chase Jones. We don't have a silky midfielder. We don't have anyone with any class in our midfield, in my opinion. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh Chase does. I, 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 Chase I, I, has beautiful delivery by Fort off of I agree either Foot. Sloaney's knock is his kicking. It's not a knock on Chase Jones at all. Yeah, so down the track, he will be. At the moment in the AFL side, he's under a bit more pressure than what he's used to. But this is, get, I'm not knocking Chase Jones. I'm not cho- knocking Chase Jones. I'm just saying that half the time he's, you'll find him in an right. under. 
McHenry is more like Sloan. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. this is about this is about Brad Crouch, and Brad Crouch is not delivering what what we want from him. He's not giving us that distribution. We're relying on blokes like Atkins and Smith and a couple of other others on the outside to be able to do that. But on the inside, we're not getting that from Brad. And I think one of the key reasons we're not getting it from Brad is because he doesn't have any he doesn't have a quick first five meters. He can't break away. He hasn't got the strength or, or the ability to in his legs to, to break clear. And so he's forced to kick under pressure around corners or to handball. And I saw half a dozen handballs where he handballed straight to a guy that was either stationary or about to get tackled. And, and uh, You're was... right about that. And, and, and look, I'm not saying he doesn't burn the ball occasionally. Uh, but that, that doesn't the... show up as a turnover, Macca. That's what I'm saying. That, that shows up as an effective disposal. And Brad only had 59.4 disposal efficiency anyway. And he had 18 uncontested possessions, right? 18 uncontested possessions and went for 60 disposal efficiency. And we know that there were half a dozen that that ended up being turnovers, but they weren't counted as turnovers to him because it was the next bloke. So that this, do you see what I'm trying to say? I understand what, you, what you're trying to say. Um and you're partially right, but um, I think probably um, if he if he was uh, 10 or twenty percent down, I think you've got him down a little bit further than that. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Next. I just think you're just a little bit harsh. You are right in terms of the in terms of the way you've characterised him and the way you've judged him and what you've said about him, but um, he can't be what he isn't. No, he can't be what he isn't. But what I'm saying is it's going to be interesting to see what we do midfield-wise at the end of the season. Uh, I think at the moment we're in a holding pattern because we've got a couple of key blokes out. We've got Seedsman out who provides a lot of outside run. We've got Miller out who was starting to look good in patches, uh, you know, running through the midfield as well. So I think we're in a little bit of a lockdown at the moment. Um, And I think that's why we've been using Matty more on the outside. Um, oh, no doubt about that. That's, because that's we've correct. needed someone. But as it stands at the moment, and I think it was really shown up by Brisbane, and it was also telling because of the way that we tried to play the game, that we, at the moment, we don't have any class in the middle. Well, we really did miss Spanny, uh, because, as you said, he's the guy that they have been using on the outside lately. And, uh, you know, when we had the two bulls in there... Um, mm. uh, Matty's adjusted his game, and I think done a very good job of it. And we, and we did miss him, but uh, no, I don't. I agree with what you're saying about Brad. But look, I still think he's a great player, and um, he and he contributes a lot. And um, no, you won't get an he's argument. Not, he's not. He's not what you you'd want him to be. I know that, and I accept that. But he is still very good in his own right. I think. Yeah, you won't get an argument with me on that, Mako. I, I like him as a player, um, but all of a sudden we've got a lot of them. <laughs> Greenwood, Ellis yeah. Yeoman, two Crouch oh, boys. Too much alike. I agree with that. You know, Which there's a lot of same-same. Like same. that we actually saw Gallucci and Jones in there. Agree. And that's why, Nick, I reckon the people that are calling for Gooch to be dropped, I think they just need to look a bit longer term because depending on what happens over the next couple of years in, in trade and draft and whatnot, 
We need Gallucci to come through. We need Chase Jones to we come do. through. We need Ned he- McHenry to step up. We need those boats because apart from them, there's not a lot of class in the midfield in the, in the Sanford either. I mean, you've got Paddy Wilson who who is just a loper. I mean, he's he's great at getting the ball, Pat Wilson, but I don't think he's an AFL premier midfielder. Um, no, unfortunately, he's not. And he and he did have a little a little black mark against his name with what happened over the off season. Exactly. But I've and 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 what he has been doing though in the SNFL, he's doing everything he possibly should do. He runs himself ragged in oh, the yeah. game. So I do wonder whether there's a bit of a tank issue, maybe a little bit. Um, but I don't think he's with, terribly with him, quick. He's not terribly no, quick. And that's, He's if he's coming in, he's coming in for Greenwater. He's coming in for Ellis Yolman. Yeah, that's agree. Type of player. Agree that with bigger that. Bigger body. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing what he did off half Yolman. back. Yeah, but look at our half back line. I know. Who do you who, who do you take out of there? That, that's the problem. So, yep. unfortunately, everybody's going. Well, where's he at? Where's he at? Well, where can we put him in the team? Yeah, to for, to actually maximise. I mean, you could make a case for you could make a case for him uh, over Atkins, um, but I don't think so. I don't think he's got enough pace to play that outside role. Um, anyway, and we're getting a bit bogged down, but it's an interesting. I think we're at an interesting stage at the moment because the two lads that are going to be up for grabs with that pick one that we're going to get from Carlton uh, are both the same or better than Sam Walsh, right? And then on the other hand, we're talking about bringing Grundy home, which is going to cost us that number one pick. Mm. So the club's going to have to make a very big decision, a very big decision. If Grundy, is, if Grundy is on the table, is it worth us uh, dropping off that number one pick? Because you know that Collingwood, uh, Collingwood will not trade a contracted player for less than a number one draft pick. They will not trade him for any less. So, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens um, over the off-season with this midfield makeup. because aside from Miller and Jones and Gallucci, because um, I don't think McHenry's going to be a midfielder, um, you know, the cover's still a little bit bare from a class point of view. So no, McHenry. McHenry will be the Sloan replacement. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, speaking he'll, of, he'll be, he'll be that player who will fight to keep the ball there and get it our way in the last quarter, like Sloan did. Yeah, get 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 taking, putting, put us on his back and carry us. Um, speaking of Sloaney, uh, ten and eighteen for twenty eight, uh, four marks, seven tackles, kicked a goal, three inside, fifty six uh, clearances. Uh, did really well, I thought. 21 contested possessions, uh, 68% disposal efficiency, 4 one percenters. Uh, uh, another big game. The only thing that I'm missing from Rory at the moment is that I don't believe he's getting forward as much as he used to. Remember when yeah. he used no, to be able to get out wide? and that, He's been that backline player. Yeah. The only time he, yeah, the only time he's up forward now is when he's actually plonked up forward. For yeah. Rest. Well, that comes back to that setup that we've got where we uh, put those uh, two midfielders across before the back lines, which all drop back a little bit. So um, I think that's one of the reasons why, because it's a lot harder for Stoney to get up there. Yeah, you know what I'd like to see happen now and again, and it probably won't only because Rory Atkins would never be able to bloody handle it. 
I'd like to see Sloney just occasionally, when he comes back on, instead of going back into the midfield rotation, go out onto a wing. I'd love to see him play five minutes on a wing, just to let him run up and down a wing and see what he could do. Because remember in the early days with Sloney, how he used to get free on the on the fat side of the ground and just pump it in from 50? Haven't seen that yep. for ages. Haven't seen it for a long time. No, unfortunately, he's in and under chasing the hard ball. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, anyway, but I thought, uh, as usual, Rory had a really good game. Um, you know, you, you're never going to get anything but 100% from him. Uh, Brody Smith, uh, 17 and 7 for 24, 6 marks, 2 tackles, 6 inside 50s, 8 rebound 50s, uh, only 7 contested, but went at 91% disposal efficiency and gained a 700-odd yards, um, 7 inches. Uh, meters, sorry, seven intercepts as well. Uh, I, and hyperextended his knee. Yeah, well, I was going to talk about that afterwards. Um, a little bit of a concern, although he played out the game. So, you know, I guess that's... Uh, and he, yeah, and he didn't seem to be limping. No, it didn't seem he, to worry him. No, not at all. And he, and he wasn't second-guessing himself. So to me, that just felt like there was a little something. He came off to get checked out. Yep. They strapped it for security, and then he just went back to doing what he does. Yeah, he he had to def- he had to defend a bit more than what he normally does because I think he was the matchup we wanted on Cameron. But as I said earlier, that didn't quite happen. Yeah, uh, Laddie started really well, but I thought I thought he got a bit swamped. Uh, as the game went on, seventeen and seven, I think he had about seven kicks in the first quarter. Uh, eight yeah, marks, yeah, one tackle, uh, four inside fifties, five rebound fifties, um, but only five contested possessions, which is interesting. Uh, went at eighty three percent, four score involvements, uh, six intercepts, but also five turnovers, which isn't great considering the amount of uncontested ball he had. Um, he was actually one that I felt tired as the game went on, actually. Well, he certainly had less influence as the game went on. Um, he, he got, well, I, I don't know, I haven't seen the stats, but I'm, my feeling is he got most of his positions, or the majority of his positions in the, in the first half. Um, but the one thing I do like about him is that uh, yeah, he certainly had always uh, not, well, he's very reliable. He doesn't let you down very often, and he does use the ball very well. And um, as you mentioned, these eighty-three percent—the ball in his hand is in good hand. Didn't we drop him further deeper though in the defence once we lost Hardigan? Yeah, we did. Which means he then actually had to become more of a defender than the rebounding defender off the half back line, which I think explains a bit of that drop in possession rate. Christ, mm. Nicky, you've because done it again. We- because we, we, we had to rearrange. I also thought that they um, put uh, Rainer on him. Oh, the... I thought they actually got Rainer matching up closer on him after quarter time. I think they tried that, but you also had Kelly on Rainer at times. Mm. Anyway. So it, it, it was hard to tell because of the way they, they chop and change that forward line. Yeah, uh, speaking of Rainer, I yeah, mean... Brent, uh, Brent, Brent back in the chat has mentioned that Laird did have only eight touches in the second half, so... Uh, yeah. Ten, he's corrected himself. Yeah, he certainly <laughs> dropped off. Certainly dropped off, anyway. Yeah. 
Um, look, Gibbsy, uh, 14 and 8 for 22, 7 marks, 2 goals, 5 tackles, 3 inside 50s. Um, Maka, you're really feeding back. Um, 8 contested he possessions. Off, he started off really well in that first half. Yeah, I thought he was going to have a big game, but he would never finish that way, Nicky. Um, he, he certainly did have He started off very well, and I thought he's going to have a good game, but he doesn't play like, he still doesn't play like a player that we paid so much for. No. Oh, if you look at him getting, well, there's there's that discussion about the midfielder that gets forward and, you know, and causes some damage, etc. That's what he did in the first half. And he was getting to the, the, the right spots. Um, he's just, it's so weird for a number one draft pick, which isn't um, on him so much because um, he he didn't pick himself in that position. But he's really not good at a set shot. Not as good as you'd expect, given his old man. I know, but he's but I don't think he's ever been really that good at a set shot. Mm. Anyway, I, I'm with you, Mac. I, I I mark Bryce fairly harshly, to be honest. Um, and we, we brought him... Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't we bring him in for some outside silk? Yep. Yep. And to me, uh, that's not what he's giving us. He certainly is giving us something, but he, he's giving us something that Jared Lyons probably could have given us um, for half the money. Uh, Tommy Lynch, I thought, played really well. Uh, 13 and 8 for 21. Took eight marks... A couple of tackles, six inside 50s, um, uh, went at 81% um, disposal efficiency, uh, eight score involvements. I thought, I, I think Tom has found his groove uh, with the, the new structures and whatnot, and I think he's he's really putting in at the moment. And the commentators mentioned a few times just the amount of gut running he does. And a couple of times you'd see him kick kick the ball to somebody and then he'd be the guy on the, on the next link of the chain so he just yeah, runs and runs and runs and and to me that drop mark he did in that last quarter was the sign of the absolute fatigue because it was a beautifully placed kick it wasn't too hard no it's nothing wrong with it nothing wrong with it but that was to me that was just the fatigue completely showing up because we know how good tommy is that but- nine times out of ten he marks that ball yeah, he he had a great a great game and had a, a tremendous in, positive influence on the game. Sadly, though, that that one he dropped is probably where he, he may well have dropped the game on that one. Oh, no, Tex dropped the game. Tex dropped the game. That one that Tex got laced out right in his wheelhouse, about fifteen meters out on that angle that he loves, and mm. he 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 already was lining up for goal before it before it took it. Uh, anyway, I thought Lynchy played well. D-Mac, I thought, played well in patches. Um, had 19 possessions, 14 and 5, 3 marks, 3 inside 50s, 4 rebound 50s, um, 6 contested, went at 74% disposal efficiency, 450 metres game, 5 score involvements. He's having a consistent season, David McKay. Say, like, what you see is what you get with him, and I reckon he's marking time for Miller or Seisman. Um, but you can't say that he's letting us down at the moment. No, no. not at all. And he dished out a bump. He what? And and that's he what? dished out a bump. He dished out a nice little little bump to one of their players, and they actually fell over. Which you look at DMAC and go, you shouldn't be able to do that. But he did at one stage. He never takes a backward step. 
he knows those hits are coming. And, and some of that he was doing, particularly in that first half, you're right, Fiend, he was doing that beautiful break the lines, which is what we want. Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry, I was just I was just reading the I was just reading the chat, sorry. Yeah, there's, there's, there's something that's very interesting that's been mentioned in there. Yeah, I yeah. I've I've I think it was VM that told me that one. Um anyway, uh Lucky Murphy uh played again his high pressure game, seventeen disposals, three marks, kicked one goal three we should have had three goals, one to be honest. Uh, three tackles, which is surprisingly low considering he was putting in a fair amount of pressure. Um, uh, nine contested possessions. His disposal efficiency is low, though, 48%. Uh, the one knock on him that I've had for a couple of weeks now, with all the intensity that he plays with, he needs to find some composure. Um, he's like He seems to be one, one pace only energiser bunny, which is great. But he's actually got to make it count, and uh, at the moment, I think he burns it a bit. No argument about that. Thanks, Macca. That's great. Such <laughs> 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 a sarcasm there. No, it no, was g- genuine no. gratitude. Uh, Ellis no. Yolman, as I mentioned, started really well, uh, but tailed off. Uh, although came good again late. Twelve, <laughs> 12 uh, No, where am I? Eight and eight for sixteen. Uh, only two marks, uh, four tackles. I think, you know, that that two marks stat is interesting considering the amount of kicking that we're doing at the moment and the high number of marks uh, that we are taking. Uh, Cameron probably isn't working hard enough off the ball. I think he's very good in the contest and very good around, um, around stoppage, but I don't see him get involved terribly much outside of those, those contests. You're, well, I think you're right there because he had a very good physical pre- uh, presence around the contests. Uh, whether he gets the ball or not, he's still got a very good physical presence. And uh, if you're the opposition, you know, you've got your eyes peeled watching for this big body coming towards you. Um, but, uh, yeah, to be the complete football, he's got to still get a little bit more on the outside as well. So then uh, uh, Cam's not doing that at the moment. There's, that's shown up by these figures here. But, well, uh, and the thing is, he can take but, a mark too. He's strong overhead, and oh, I think okay. we actually need to yeah. make make use of him more in that respect. You know, he needs to be able to put himself in spots where he's actually going to uh, going to take a contested grab, um, because it, it, both him and Greenwood, I think, could actually get themselves involved aerially a lot more than what they do. Yeah, Huey looked really tired. Yeah. I thought it was probably Greenwood's worst game that he's played for us. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, and it's actually disappointing because he made Cam and I look like dickheads because we talked him up on the Rev Up show and, and spotted him as a as a key player and he turned in an absolute stinker. And, you know, we can't afford a, a bloke with Greenwood's role to have a stinker. You know, he only had, ten, he had nine possessions. Um, yeah. You know, we can't afford for Hugh to have nine possessions. It, it's not enough output. You know, freaking Daniel Talia had had a higher output. Um, anyway, uh, who else do I want to talk about? I thought of the rest. I'll, I'll, let's just talk about Atkins for a minute because I had a I had a bit of a blue with Peter after about Atkins because his love child. 
All right, so let's read the stats. 12 and 4 for 16. He took eight uncontested marks, um, kicked one goal, one, eight inside 50s, of which probably six of those were in the last quarter, or last half, I should say. Um, Three positions at half time he had. Yes, I know. Um, 12 uncontested possessions for 68.8 disposal efficiency, gained us 470 yards, six score involvements, three intercepts. On the surface, you wouldn't say that's a bad game, but I saw him directly cost us two goals with squibbed efforts. Uh, There was one in the back pocket, um, I think it might have been in the last quarter, where he just... Uh, he didn't even he didn't even try to tackle. Didn't even try. Just stuck out a hand. Um, <laughs> yeah, didn't even try to tackle. And there was another one uh, on the half back flank, sort of wing side, where he should have gone for a spoil, and he just squibbed it. He is a squib, and if he's only going to give us two two quarters worth of output, and let's face it, even in the last quarter when he was getting on the end of the chain and actually doing his bloody job, he still missed a few passes. Um, there was one that he hit up short to, um, I think it was Lynch, hit up short to that uh, he should have just spotted him up. I'm, I, I've grown tired of Rory Atkins. I, I, I've just, I've lost patience with him. He's got to find a way to remain in the contest, and he just doesn't. We can't afford to have a wingman for Christ's sakes. A wingman have three possessions to half time. Well, and and it was actually whilst it was such a, it was a tight game, there was space for him to use. Yeah, there was. And he just yeah, and he just didn't do it. I'm I'm like you, Fiend. He's got some really good tricks. He's got some beautiful skills, and he gives us a different look because he's a left footer. Yep. So, it it's great for those kind of things, but. He misses tackles. He doesn't go in close enough. He occasionally will show you that he's okay with going in, but it's not enough. He needs to do it every time, and we're just not getting it, and he can go back to the twos. He won't, though. That second half saved him. Which is an unfortunate thing, but... We've got Seisman coming back. We've got Miller coming back. Yeah. Yeah, and he may well... Um, look at, uh, and, and D-Mac is performing better than him. Three possessions and a half. He, I don't know he had a, a much better second half, but by the same token, he was prepared to run out there and bludge and avoid the hard contacts for a half of footy. Uh, and that's what he did do. Um, I would drop him. There's no doubt about it. I would drop him. In fact... Long term, I don't. I don't think he's got a, a position in the side. He's not the answer, Mac. Is he? Not if you got. If you're ever going to win a flag, you're not going to win it while he's playing. That's my opinion. Yep, I agree. I agree. He is not the answer. And there's probably two or three like that. But he is dead set. He's a dead set squib, and I can't stand it. If there's one thing that I can't stand. It's people that, and it's not just about running back with a flight or whatever. It's about making the extra yard. It's about putting, putting your hand up to go when it's your turn to go. Even if it, even if it looks futile, you've got to put pressure on that. That tackle that he missed in that back pocket um, where they scored, Cameron. 
Cameron just burnt. No, it wasn't Cameron. It wasn't Cameron. It was someone oh, else. No, who? Yeah, who? Who didn't go in for the, the tackle on Cameron? Yeah, there was one. But uh, look, the simple fact is, if you're not prepared to 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 go when it's your turn to go consistently, consistently, and then you're going to hang your hat on getting on the end of everyone else's hard work and doing the flary little kicks in inside fifty. And think that you're a good bloody AFL footballer. Well, you've got to take a good, long, hard, bloody look at yourself. And to me, Atkins, like you said, Macca, he's not a premiership player. He, You will not be able to rely on him in tight situations because every time we have tight situations, he does not stand up. And I hope that the club does with him what they've done with JJ and drop him. But I'd... I dare say that his second half and his last quarter probably saved him. And let's face it, his last quarter wasn't his hard work. It was everyone else's hard work. He just got on the, got on the end of it. Correct. And it's not the position he's playing, and it's not because he's an outside player. Um, if you have a look at Gaff, who is probably the best outside player in the AFL, um, and and in grand finals, etc., he can... Um, well, he wasn't in the grand final, but, mm. in, but in, in tough matches, he stands up and he gets his 30-odd possession because he works his ass off to get yep. the ball, or to yep. get in a position to get the ball. And if the ball is in a contest, he will still have a crack at it. Um, and that's, I mean, he is what I would call the perfect outside player. Yep. And Atkins is a poor man's gap, but so poor. I think oh, he's, he's not in the same conversation. Not in the same conversation. And the the bloke to compare him to is Chase Jones because Chase Jones has all the speed of, of Atkins. He has a nice kick on him like Atkins. And yet Chase Jones, did you see him barrel some? Who was it that he barreled? You know, I, yeah, that, that, I can't remember who it was, but it was, that was very, very uh, brave stuff. Jones is an 18-year-old kid and, he, and he, he, took, he just does not have any fear. And... I'm not asking Rory Atkins to be a bull like that, but I'm asking Rory Atkins to be playing AFL football, not some non-contact, non-gender-specific sport that we won't mention because Nicky will go to town. You know, mm-hmm. uh, called netball. Um, you know, nah, netball is a tougher than rat. Well, I wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me at all, Nick. Um, anyway, I've had my rant about him. Of the rest. Um, the only I, I thought Gallucci worked himself into the game. Uh, I thought Tex had a bit of an almost game. Um, yeah, a good description, an almost game. He he did some good things, but just not enough of them. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, really, he should have hung on to that mark. Um, Alex Keith was playing really well until he got cleaned up. Um, Luke Brown, I thought, was reliable, but a little bit quietish. Um, and let's face quiet. it, let's let's face it, Charlie got to, off the chain a bit. So, and I think that was Luke's responsibility more than anyone else's. Correct. Uh, so, probably not his best game. Betts uh, again, just sort of seagulling around the edges um, and doing his thing. Uh, Huey Greenwood, a big disappointment, as we've talked about. Kyle Hardigan was doing okay until he got cleaned up. And the last one I want to talk about, because that's the source of our uh, Twitter poll this week, and I can tell you, people, that uh, how many votes we got in? We got about 80 or 89 votes. Uh, thanks, everyone, uh, who voted on Twitter. Um, three quarters of those people want JJ back in next week. 
No. Thought, thoughts, please. No. Well, I can see why they why they do say, did say it because um, from a, a ruck point of view, Himmelberg didn't have a very good game in that uh, area when he relieved. Um, and I I still like him better up at full forward, but he didn't have the greatest of games, which means he, that leaves him vulnerable with JJ kicking six down in the in the in Magoos. And, uh, well, I would keep Himmelberg, but I've got a feeling JJ might come back. Um, I, okay, he didn't have a great game in the ruck, but he still competed, he still did what he should do. For me, I think that the coaches will look at that performance in terms of the fatigue over the whole team and not just and and compare that to, you know, what his fatigue was like. He was still running around, but um, he didn't have the impact that we've had previously. Um, from I've only seen a little bit of the SNFL. I haven't watched it um, too much and just reading some reports of other people who actually did watch it. Um, JJ's ruck work was pretty shit in the SNFL. And if he's coming back into the AFL team, he has to go into the ruck roll. So whilst he kicked six goals, yay, he still, his primary part of that is his ruck work that he has to get right and his around the ground stuff. And if that was not up to scratch, it's a no from me still. So the question. One, one, ga- one, one game is not enough. So the question I guess I'm asking is, is Elliot our key position forward going forward or is Jenkins our key position forward going forward? Elliot. Um, I don't really think it's been resolved yet in the sense that um, Elliot, I've, Elliot's given us signs that he could and maybe will be, um, but he hasn't locked it away yet. That's the only thing. Uh, he still left the door half open, and, and that, that's probably to be expected because the boy hadn't played a lot of games. I think you guys. Um, I think I think Macca, you've forgotten how J- Jenkins plays. I probably have. I think you've forgotten because he because he hasn't played that way this year, and he hasn't played that way with all that skill level and advantage he has. He hasn't been able to do it in the SNFL because it's what's going on between his ears. And one game is not enough to get him back in. Yeah. Well, and yeah, Marty Magic's com- comment is that easy is the future, but not e- exclusively the present. And I think that's a very good comment because that's where I was going to, in the sense that I think that Himmelberg, long term, definitely is the answer. Um, but in between, it's not going to be perhaps be a straight line to get there. I think that's yeah, rubbish. See. I actually think that's rubbish. Well, fair enough. And I, and I'll tell you why. I tell you why, Macca, because there's a massive difference between how our forward line has functioned since Elliot's been in there. And, yeah. yes, his numbers are down because uh, he's a kid learning his craft. Um, but Jenkins represents a clogged forward line with no contested marking, right? Elliot represents an, uh, an open forward line because he knows where to run and he knows how to create space and he creates space behind him. And he gives you a contest. Yes, he didn't. He got towed up on the weekend um, by a pretty good defender um, yeah. who's been in pretty good nick. Um, uh, the, like Harris Andrew and, and Walker have both been in pretty good nick uh, for Brisbane. And 
I just think you've got to put you've got to put your chips on one of them, and we've we've seen what Jenkins offers. And the bottom line is that Jenkins offers two fifths of bugger all in tight situations. And not only does he do that, but he actually messes up the way the rest of our forward line function. Well, I I don't really give a shit about Jenkins anymore. To me, he's he's uh, he's out, and we've got to persist with Elliot. The only time Jenkins well, gets back in is if Himmelberg's injured. Well, or, um, or if for um, Himmelberg's management, we need to give him a rest. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that. But for Himmelberg's management, but for everything you've said, and it, and and it was basically, and that's why I just kept going. No, JJ, yes, Elliot, because yeah. you're right. That open forward line we have, and the way that he works with Tex and the other forwards, and the way that at Crummers, Eddie hasn't had to fly, yeah, because he knows the ball's coming down. Well, one thing that is uh, goes in your favour this week. I think we're playing West Coast, aren't we? Yeah. Um, yep. They've got uh, probably two of the best aerialist defenders in, in the competition, yeah. McGovern and Hearn. Um, so I think that bringing back JJ this week against those guys would be a major mistake. Because, uh, uh, you know what I reckon we should do, Maka? You know what I reckon we should do this week against West Coast, <laughs> and this is I reckon we'd bring Fogarty in for a small. Uh, that probably that probably makes sense. Um, the other way is that when Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide what's Port Adelaide that beat uh, West Coast over yeah. there? They actually deliberately kicked the ball more along the ground than in the air yeah. when they were going, went into the forward line mm-hmm. because that had left the big guys floundering yeah. a little bit. Anyway, so, we're talking about Himmelberg. Uh, uh, I'll keep him this week. Very good. Okay. Uh, that pretty much sums up all the uh, stats, and I think we've had a pretty good chat about um, the rest. Uh, let's go through our awards, shall we? Because I think there were some very good efforts um, throughout the game, notwithstanding that we lost at the death. You're gonna get what you need. I'd be very interested to see who you think is that was our best players. Mm. Um, I've got probably, no idea. Uh, no, probably for me, it was probably Sloan. Nick? Um, yeah, I, I think if you have to go for the midfielder, uh, a back line was under quite a bit of pressure and they occasionally failed. Um I think Lynchy. I'd, I'd put Lynchy in the best players. Oh, he'd be not, high, high, yeah. But I, I reckon you'd probably go for Sloan overall. Uh, I reckon Sloan and Lynch. Uh, neither would be a disgrace. Getting uh, no, the Jet of the really. Week, um, and for the sake of democracy, because uh, it's all about democracy this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, did we have yeah, one? Yeah, oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, we'll go for Sloan, but uh, T Lynch certainly uh, not disgraced either. So, uh, I mean, not much to choose from in the breakout award, but I will say that I thought Chase announced himself as able to play in the midfield uh, this week. Um, Happy for Chase, yeah. And, uh, yeah, of the few yeah. that are eligible. And- 
Well, I think between him and Gallucci and the, the fact that they were given that run in the midfield, you know, that, that nice little boost of confidence going, in you go. Yeah. We're under the pump. Yeah. They're smashing us. Stop it. Well, I think the question with Chase was uh, his size after the draft, um, and I don't think that's going to be an issue. Um, the lad's got the lad's got it in spades, I reckon, and uh, hopefully they persist with him. I'm glad he's back in the team. I think he adds a bit. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, J-Mac wants to give it to Gooch for the fighting. Oh, speaking of which, who was it? Matheson that gave Gooch one behind the, was, uh, yeah, the back of the head. They they haven't. I I had a look on the AFL. They've only done the Friday night game. They haven't released mm. anything for the Saturday game. But he's going to go. Well, cow punch for that. Cow punch. Yeah. I mean, I know it wasn't and it, and it was, terrible, but it, it was, was enough elbow, for Gooch to. Yeah, I know it was enough for Gooch to uh, feel it. Um. So yeah, I I I'm fast becoming a very big fan of Chase. So. Uh, uh, quite happy for him to get the breakout award this week and uh, I'll be very interested to see what you guys think about this one. I always start it too early. Go. I couldn't hear the music. I don't know what the award it's is. It's a wake-up award, Mackie. You've been doing this now for long enough. <laughs> it's the living end. Um, well, it's Atkins, really. and uh, But I think we, we'd rather wave him goodbye than wake him up. I think there's also Greenwood. Greenwood. Yeah. Oh, no, that'll do me. Greenwood. Yeah, I think it's Greenwood. Uh, I'd share your sentiment about Rat, uh, Mac, but I think in terms of this particular game... The role that Huey Greenwood. was playing, yeah. Yeah, definitely Greenwood. Unfortunately, uh, and I reckon that was a big factor in the loss in the end. Now, Nick, have you got any cockwombles going on? Um, I actually going to need some help from you guys because <laughs> unfortunately I've had too much of a, a life this weekend. So my first nomination is Nikki. Um, I was one job, Nikki. One job because I'm not I'm not on this cast next week. So I was going to nominate myself as going. I'm very sorry. Um, I'll be driving back from Geelong. I may I may get back in time, but I'll probably want to go to sleep. Um, can, you, can I have a go at Queensland just for certain things? No, poli- no politics. No, no politics. No, no politics. <laughs> we'll just leave that there. Um, I mean, we we kind of did have a go back at at Rampy and the stuff, and that kind of went on throughout the week, and it was still ridiculous. Um, so the the AFL um, sending him a please explain after they've said. You know, he it was fine. It was the vibe. But we're going to give him a please explain and that now we're going to give him a really big fine. I mean, that that's typical of the AFL, just doing two things. What about the timekeepers? Blowing the ball, blowing the time <laughs> when there's no game going. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. 
Although I think there was the timekeepers also in the SANFL game who seemed to have lost the button because they had a quarter that that only had um, a couple of goals kicked in it, and it was the longest quarter in the SANFL game. DSG's um, got a good so, one. DSG's got a good one. The Port Adelaide oh, crowd. The Port Adelaide crowd. How was that AFL game? They were scared of rain. I was going to say how big was that crowd, but I don't think big is the right word. How little was that crowd? Does anybody know? I think it was about 23, I think. Um, Officially, I think they said 23 on the TV, but then it was later reported as being 26, so they found another um, 3,000 people. Hang on, I'll tell you in a minute. I think they were just wrapping up the tarps in preparation. Uh, it's piss week. Away. It's piss week. Porter in the hunt this year. They've got. It's a game that they're going to win. Um, Footy wise says twenty six thousand one hundred and twenty nine. That is piss week from Port Adelaide. Yeah. I mean, I mean to be fair, because you know, whilst that game was going on, we actually had our game. Um, so there is Sunday sport. Doesn't there's actually matter. a lot of footy on. But Doesn't matter. Twenty three thousand. Look, there's Sunday sport on. We have. We get in the full. Yeah. Yeah, 26,000. Uh, Port can never call us a franchise. They can never call us fair-weather supporters. They can never bloody call us customers or anything like that because they're the biggest bunch of dummy spitters you would ever see in your life. As soon as things don't go their own way, as soon as they have lost to a showdown or, you know, some such thing or they don't like Ken this week or whatever, they just don't turn up. They just don't turn up. And we turn up every bloody week. Rain, hail or shine. Doesn't matter what time what, slot, doesn't matter when we're playing, we pack that ground out. And they couldn't get twenty six. They couldn't get more than twenty six thousand to a game of AFL footy on a Sunday afternoon. Come on, that's ridiculous. And including that twenty six thousand, uh, including that twenty six thousand um, children under the, I think that um, uh, <laughs> under the age of twenty five. <laughs> well, they're close to that. They're children under the age of 16 who were with a, a ticket paying adult were in, uh, let in free. So they, 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 they might have been 26,000, they might have only been 15,000 paying. Paying, yeah. Which means they knew they weren't going to get a crowd for that game. Yeah, which means that they know their bloody supporters are fickle. I mean, yeah. they go on and on about it, like we want to wear the prison bars because we've got a 2,000 years worth of tradition and we were playing football before the bloody two cells split and evolution started and all this crap, and they can't follow their football team unless they're winning. They refuse, oh, to, they refuse to follow them unless they're winning. It's ridiculous. And Surely a lot of them actually don't realise that their original colours are maroon and blue. No, oh, less than Anyway. All right. Well, well, <laughs> Yeah, oh, um, that's who I that's who I needed to um, nominate the other week was those numpties who tried to argue with you on Twitter. That was funny. What was that about again? The, the Port Adelaide, the Guernsey. Oh, bloody idiots! Like seriously, come on. <laughs> yeah, they come they on. actually don't know their own history. No, they don't. They don't know their own history at all. They don't get it. Anyway, look, uh, we're going to round it up there because uh, Ad- Spreaker's just on yeah, fire tonight. Spreaker, yeah. I- uh, poor crowd, poor get it, um, and uh, that's it for us. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much to our uh, sponsors, Smith Partners Real Estate, uh, up there at Golden Grove. Get around them if you're buying, selling, or renting. 
down to earth electrical for your electrical data and air conditioning services check out scorpus's uh youtube channel if you're looking to buy some tech and want some guidance that's hardware unboxed thank you to all our patreon supporters uh if you want to support us go to patreon.com forward slash afl crowcast or click the patreon button on our website at afl crowcast thanks maca thanks nikki it's been a lot of fun once again Yep. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was fun. No, you guys can get stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> We're agreeing with you tonight and you're getting angsty at us. Yeah, whatever, mate. Uh, All right, thanks, everyone. Uh, don't forget the uh, Tuesday Night Live again, Tuesday night at 8.30. The first person ever to ring in will win a bloody cap, so someone's got to ring in on Tuesday night. Uh, not, uh, my yeah, son, not my son. Not my son, though. You can get stuffed. You're on it this week, not me. Yeah, don't forget, okay. Mac. See you Tuesday night, guys. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.